Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Amen. You can be seated and thank you all for being here today on this very special day. And do me a favor, just I know we're not supposed to shake hands and hug and all that stuff, although some of us are doing that anyway. I won't mention any names. I'm included in that group, so that's why I'm not... Just turn and tell somebody that you're super glad to see them here today. Oh, sorry, buddy. I mean, really, really glad to see them here today. And I know we've got more people here today that that uh, is first time back in a while since we've opened up a number of weeks back. And we're certainly glad to see you all because I'm going to tell you something. I read an article this week that kind of shook me to the core, which is something I mentioned months ago when we were just doing online services. But I read an article this week, uh, Greg Laurie was a part of that, that, that put this article out, that said one of every three Christians are not attending church now since this pandemic mess started. One of every three, no form, fashion, or, or anything attending church, not online, not in person, nothing. One of three, one of three. And man, as a pastor, I just broke my heart. As a Christian, that broke my heart. So thank you for coming. Give yourselves a hand this morning for coming out and being a part of God's, God's house service today in-house. So we are so glad to have you. And we are in week two of a study called Wrecked. You ever had something just, just completely wrecked? Uh, plans you made or ideas you had or, or a certain way you, you saw things going in your mind and it didn't happen anything like you had hoped or thought. Many of you are living lives that are kind of wrecked because you had this scenario painted out. And I've been through that myself, man. I, I've been through a, a, a situation in my life where things just completely went off the rails, just wrecked big time, and, and ended up being nothing like I had thought life was going to be. It's funny how that can happen, and it can happen in an instant. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Pastor Scott opened this up last week while we were out of town for a few days, and, and, and it's been said... It's been said, you probably heard it put this way, that timing is everything. You ever heard that, that statement? Now, the funny thing is, I want to add this, that, that usually our timing is a lot different than God's timing. Have you ever noticed that in your life? Now, the key is don't get ahead and don't lag behind. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is so vital in our lives, but that can be a crazy challenge. That can be really hard, right? How many of you have experienced that in your life so far? You want to follow God. You want to keep in step with him, but man, man it's tough. It's just, it, it's, a, it's a challenge to do that. Why? Because there's so many things coming at us. I want you to remember with me the story about Lazarus. Remember he died and he was Jesus's friend and, and Lazarus' sisters, they were upset that, that Jesus got there. What did they say? You're too late. If you had only been here a few days ago, he's been in the tomb for four days now. You're way too late. If you would have been here, things would be different. He wouldn't have died. He'd be right here sitting and laughing and having a good time with us, but you're too late. You see, they were looking at time in the way that we do. And, and what I mean by that is, is typically we think God is restrained by time like we are. You ever, you ever thought that? You feel like, man, God, if you would have just showed up, if you would have just prevented this, if you would have just been here earlier, if whatever, whatever you want to fill in the blank with. But here's the thing that I, I take out of that. What, what is greater? Let me pose this question. A healing or a complete resurrection from the dead? Huh? 
I mean, think about it in those terms. When I was getting this ready this week, that's what hit me about the story of Lazarus. The timing is different than what we would have wanted. And it was different from what his sisters and his family members and his closest friends wanted. God, if you would have only been here days ago. And how many times have we made statements like that ourselves about situations we're dealing with? Lord, where are you? If you had just showed up four days ago, five days, a week ago, I wouldn't be in this situation. But at the same time, if you would have shown up then, would you have experienced the, the miracle of resurrection from death to life? What about Moses? Anybody remember that guy? Boy, what a journey he had, right? What an experience. Moses, you know probably the backstory. If you don't, check his, his story out in, in, in the Old Testament. And, and, and God had kind of put on his heart that he was going to be a leader of freedom for his people, the Israelites. Freedom from what, you might ask? Freedom from Egyptian bondage and slavery and captivity. They had been held for many, many years as slaves and doing, doing awful work and being punished and being beaten and being abused. And Moses, who was an Israelite, something inside him just kind of raised up and said, this isn't right. I want to lead my people to freedom. And on one particular occasion, before the time was right for him to step into that role, he sees one of his brethren being beaten by an Egyptian taskmaster. And so what he does is he just rises up and says, I'm going to go take care of this. And he ends up killing this guy, this Egyptian. And then it dawned on him what happened. Man, I'm in trouble. They're going to come after me. So he runs and he hides out. He's hiding out in the desert. Why? Because his time had not yet come. But while he was in the desert, God did some things in his time, to prepare him to lead his people out of Egypt. Look at me, church. Timing is everything in the kingdom of God. Timing is so crucial when, it, when we're talking about following God with our lives. And listen, I, I believe you're serious about that. Otherwise, I don't think you would have shown up this morning. I believe that in your heart of hearts, your desire is, God, I want to be in step with you. And so what happens is, when it comes to the pace of life, sometimes, sometimes, God has to wreck us in our plans, in our time, in our dreams, in our visions of what we think things should be, and show us that his time trumps our time. And man, that's what we're talking about today. We want to know the timing of God, because sometimes we get very impatient, and we want to rush into things like Moses. Other times, try this scenario on for size. We fall into the trap of dragging our feet. God's called us to a task. He's called us to an assignment. He's shown us a picture of what life should be about for us. How we should live with him and in him and through him. But you know what happens? A lot of times we're like, uh, I don't really like that picture. Lord, that's not really what I want to do. Harkens me back to a, a man by the name, and you'll, you'll, you'll recognize his name, by the name of Jonah. Anybody know who I'm talking about? God said, Jonah, I need you. I want you. I'm calling you to go to the city of Nineveh. And I want you to preach redemption. I want you to preach repentance to them. I need to wake this city up from their slumber. I need to call them back from their sinfulness. Kind of sounds like America today, right? 
And what does Jonah do? Yes, sir, Lord, I am your servant. I will gladly go to Nineveh. I'll do whatever you want me to do, God, because I want to be in step with you all of my days. I want to walk with you and be in in that pace, that sweet spot of life. Is that what Jonah did? No. (laughs) You mean to tell me Jonah had a direct word from God and he didn't just jump in full force all the way, go for it, let's... No, as a matter of fact, he went the opposite direction from what Nineveh is. You ever heard that in the story? He said, no, God, I don't want to go. And why? Because he just didn't like those people. You ever been there? How many of you got some people you don't like right now, and God's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to them. You're like, no. No, anything but that, Lord. Anything. I'll go paint houses on the mission field, Lord. I'll, I'll go scoop up mess in, in the barn, whatever you need me to do. But don't send me to those people. You know, the funny thing is, it's usually not necessarily all about those people. A lot of times it's about us people. God not only wanted Nineveh's hearts, but he wanted Jonah's heart. So what did Jonah do? He ends up in the belly of what? The Bible says a great fish. Not sure if it's a whale or not, but it's something that's big enough to swallow a human being and the human being being inside and still be alive and be like, what am I doing here? This is not where I saw my life ending up. Lord, what's going on? Well, you know what's going on, Jonah. You're not in step with me. Your timing is way different than my timing. I have called. You should be in Nineveh right now, preaching the house down and seeing the glory of God fall on those people and them come repenting to me and a revival breaking out. But instead, you're where? You're lagging behind. And you're now in a very dubious place, in the belly of the great fish. Look at me, church. You ever been there? I mean, not literally in there like Jonah was. And for those people who say, well, the Bible's just fairy tales. No. Jonah was in the belly of a great fish. What the Bible says, he was in the belly of a great fish. That's not some kind of metaphor. It's not some kind of woo, you know, whatever. The dude was in the fish, okay? But the funny thing was... Once Jonah came to his senses and repented because God was starting to change his heart, not all the way yet, you can read the rest of the story later, he gets spit out on shore so that he can catch up with God's timing. Okay, Lord, I've, I've been dragging behind, but thank you, for, thank you for pushing me in the right direction. You ever, you ever needed that push? I'm going to tell you something right now. Some of you are being pushed right now. The Holy Spirit is here pushing you, saying, hey, you don't go, you don't keep in step, guess what? There's a great fish that might be waiting for you. You might find yourself in the belly of something you don't want to be at, in a place that you don't belong, when I have called you to be here. So God might be saying, it's time to put a a little pep in your step and pick up the pace. Don't get ahead. Don't drag behind. Folks, keeping pace, and if you're writing things down, write this down. Keeping pace with God is of utmost importance in life. Someone once said, they say that God's time is the best, but you have to believe that God's plan is the best also. Never early, never late, but always, always, always on time. So for the next few minutes, let's talk about keeping pace with God and our timing being wrecked 
so that God's timing can win out in our lives. And I want to start by giving you five simple but powerful truths about God's timing. Many of these you've already experienced, you, you already realize, you just need to be reminded of it. Is First one is simply this, God has a timetable for everything that happens. Plain and simple. Ecclesiastes 3.1 tells us that there is an appointed time, say appointed, appointed time for everything. And there is a right time for every activity under heaven, God says. An appointed time, what does that mean? This week, how many of you have an appointment for something? Raise your hand. You're going to a doctor's office. You're going to a meeting with an attorney. I hope not. You're going to a bank to see if you can borrow some money. You, you got some kind of, girls, you got that appointment to get your hair did. You got them nails sparkling, all that stuff. You got an appointment. You know what I'm saying? So what that means is at that time, that appointed time, you're going to show up to wherever that place is, and you're going to do the business that you went to do on that appointment. So what God's word says here is there is an appointed time for everything. Keep a hold of that. God uses the phrase, the right time, 96 times in the Bible. You think that might be important? How many of you felt like you've told your children something 96 times this week that was important to you? And they just didn't quite get it the first 95 times, so you had to go the 96th time. How many of you had to tell them 106 times? I mean, come on, you, you, you met my kids? I probably did. This seems hard to understand when you're dealing with a big challenge or a chronic illness or whatever the situation might be. How can these challenges have a right time in our lives? And we all go through them. These really tough valleys and these really tough challenges. Well, I'm going to tell you, the key to this lesson is learning what my character gains from my situation. Now look at me. Some of you have been pouting for a while because things didn't go like you wanted them to go in the time you wanted them to go, right? I'm not trying to be ugly here. I'm just being real. <laughs> Bottom line, here's what I've learned about stuff that happens, seasons of adversity, challenges we go through, times when we don't get it in our timing. Here's what I've learned. I've learned it because I've experienced it, and I've learned it because I've watched others experience it. These things will do one of two things to us. They will, number one, and hear me out, they will make us better. If we choose to grab a hold of the lessons and say, God, teach me about this season of waiting a man. Teach me about patience, God. Teach me about my character in this. Because you want to know something? When we don't get our way, sometimes we act like spoiled little kids. I want it, God. What's the matter? I ain't getting it. I know none of you ever act like that, but I've been guilty of it a few times, so I'm just going to fess up. We're in church. We can get better or we can get bitter. There's your two options. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of you don't even want to hear this. But guess what? <laughs> Some of you know me well enough to know. I'm just going to say it. Some of you need to get out of your bitterness today. You need to just let that stuff go. Why? Here's why. Glad you asked. It's poison to the soul. It's poison to the bones. It'll literally eat us alive. I've been there. I speak from experience, and I can plead with you right now because I know the effects of it. I know the way that just it deteriorates all of the life of God and goodness in us. That bitterness will eat us alive and destroy us if we allow it to. Here's the thing. Make that declaration today, God. You have a timetable for everything, and here's what it boils down to. Write this on your arm, on your forehead, wherever you need to write it. Trust God Period. His timing. Whoa. 
I got a little bit of a cold. It sounds like I'm going through puberty, I know. But his timing is always best. Period. Exclamation point. Whatever you want to put on that, we've got to trust him. We've got to become better through the waiting. Number two, God does not tell us the details in advance. <laughs> Boy, isn't that true? Again, to Ecclesiastes 3.1, God has given us a desire to know the future. We all want to know what's going to happen. He always does everything just right and right on time, as we mentioned a moment ago. But the end of that verse says, but people can never completely understand what he is doing. Amen to that, right? There's a lot of times I've said, God, what are you doing? I, I don't understand Back when I was working construction between pastoral assignments, uh, full-time, I was, I was out, out at the hospital working a job, and we had this massive set of blueprints, and, and we were in this one room of this huge building, this 10,000-square-foot building. We were remodeling and doing all the electrical part of it, which is the company I work for, and, and, and I was leading this little crew that I had, which I, was kind of scary because I only had like a six-month experience, and they put me in charge of a crew. Isn't that fun, electrical work? So anyway, I'm sitting there looking at the blueprint. I'm like, guys, we've got to get this circuit run over here. We've got to set some receptacles here. I don't know how we're going to do that. The, the, the drawing is, is a little confusing. The, the engineers, the architects, they, they, they don't know what's going on out here in the field half the time. So I'm looking at that. I'm just zoned in on this one little area, on this massive blueprint. And as clear as day, I heard the Lord say, take a broader look. And I was like, oh, well, Okay. He was like, you see, this is like your life. You get zoned into this one little thing, this one little area, this one little room. You just get glued to it. You get focused on it. But I'm up here in heaven, and I see the whole big picture. I know how this is going to move to this, and this is going to create this, and I'm orchestrating all this. I see it all from a grander view. I can't tell you all the details ahead of time because here it comes again. You're ready for this? Nudge your neighbor and say, are you ready? Because I am. Because it takes trust in me to know that I'm going to work it all out for your good and my glory. We don't get all the details. And, and, and the reason why, first of all, I think sometimes it would, it would scare us to death and it would overwhelm us. You ever been there where you've just been totally blown away? God, are you sure? Are you serious? Me? You want me? You're going to use me in that way? I don't think that's, I don't even know that I can do, you know. I know that's the way I felt when God called me to the ministry. I said, God, I don't even like standing in front of people. That's why I don't stand very much, and I just move around just to kind of keep on the go. I guess, I don't know, I can't figure anything else out. Lord, Lord, are you sure it's me? It'll scare us, it'll freak us out, it'll blow us away sometimes. Or, how about this one? If God would share the whole plan and all the details, what would we try to do? Well, Lord, see, you know, over here in, in section two and subsection three and, and paragraph C, this little detail right here, I'm not so sure about that. Here's what we probably need to do. I think it would work out better if we would just scratch that all together. And let me just rewrite that. Any of you good at manipulating things? I know all you married people are. right? You're like, man, I'd really like to go play golf with the boys Saturday. So if I can get all my yard work done, if I can romance mama on Thursday night a little bit, you know, bring home some flowers, some candy. Yo, baby, what's up? I just had you on my mind all day. 
God, oh, no, no, nothing like that. I just, you are the son. <laughs> Manipulate. We're good at it. And the funny thing is we try to do that with God. So what he does is says, I'm not going to show you from A to Z. I'm not going to show you C, D, E, F, and G. I'm not going to show you that. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith where you can't even see a landing spot and trust. Whoop! If I was Michael Jackson and I could have just stopped right there, you guys would have been like, wow. But I'm not, and I couldn't, so it just didn't work out that way. But take that step. Trust him that he has it all worked out. Even the crazy stuff that we can't even understand why it's happened that way. And man, have I been there too, and you have too. But then all of a sudden, years later, looking back, you say, wow, that verse, it says all things work together. How many things? All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his name. You're like, man, I could not see it then, but wow. I got a son that is a treasure to me, my youngest, as all my kids are, that 15, 16 years ago when I was in the midst of some of the worst pain of my life, I would have never imagined what God had in store down the road. Why? Because he can't share all the details ahead of time with us. We'll try to cower in fear. We'll try to manipulate. Whatever. But the reality is God just says, trust me. Jesus himself said in Acts 1-7, you don't get to know the time. Timing, and you need to write this down, some of you, timing is the Father's business. Woo! I want the Father's business operating in my life. I want to be about the Father's business. But I'm here to say you can trust him completely. Take those faith steps. He's calling us to without knowing all the details. That is what real faith is all about. Number three, God is never in a hurry and he's never late. Amen? 2 Peter 3.8 tells us, and never forget this, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Church, God's sense of time is very different than ours. He is timeless. He's not bound by the watch, the clock like we are, and God's timing is perfect in every way. Sometimes I am in such a hurry, and God is not. He's telling me, just slow down. Slow down a little bit. I'm that kind of person, man. I want to do it yesterday, right? Any of you been around me long enough to know that? I just like ramming ahead. Let's go for it. Let's make it happen, Captain. Let's get it done. And sometimes God has to say, put the brakes on. Slow down. Keep step with me. And that's tough for me. I, I just got to be, be honest here. The reason why is because my timing is imperfect. God is never early, nor is he late. He is always on time. God himself says in Habakkuk 2 verse 3, the vision will happen. Some of you need to put a death grip on that, right? The vision will happen. But listen to what else it says. At the time I have appointed, whoo, there it is, appointed. It moves steadily towards its goal, and it will not be proven false, the Lord says. If it seems slow or delayed, just wait for it. It will certainly happen. It will not be late. Man, I love that. Now, I'm not going to be talking about people that run late because I might get in trouble. Lots of trouble. So we're just going to move on. He is on time. He's our own time God. I've lived, lived this for so many years now, trying to get ahead of him and him pulling me back saying, just wait, just wait in the right time. In due season, as another version says, you will reap if you do not what? 
faint. Trust his timing and his faithfulness. Number four, God's timing is not always convenient, right? Tell somebody nearby, I know that for real. I know how that goes. Back to Lazarus. Back to his resurrection. What a lesson in God's power to overcome anything that we will ever face. Of course, his family was inconvenienced, right? They had already done a funeral. You talk about inconvenience, man. We've already done all this stuff. Everybody's already brought the casseroles. We've already ate the, the, the casseroles and washed the dishes, sent them back, and, and now you show up? Is it still on? Yeah. Takes a licking but keeps on ticking, baby. Now you show up. And, and so sometimes it, it just, like I said earlier, it doesn't work out in our grand scheme of design plans that we have, and, and, and timing gets wrecked and everything, and, and now you show up. Can you imagine what they were going through? But man, let me ask you this. Was it worth it? Of course it was. What about Daniel? This guy was literally thrown into what? The lion's den, which couldn't have been very convenient. Can you imagine spending a night? Oh, man, we got this Airbnb. You got to check out, bro. You get to sleep with lions, man. How awesome is that? No, thank you. I'll pass. So he's in there. But, you know, I got to just think in my heart, a man who will stand up to the king, a man who will stand up to the entire kingdom and say, guess what? I'm not going to eat your food. I'm not going to give in to the delicacies that you have. I'm not going to drink your wine. I'm not going to fall for your agenda. I'm not going to live life like you are dictating on your terms. I live for the king, not you, king. you got to think that a man like that who has that kind of conviction and who believes that with everything in his life slept like a baby. He probably snored. The lions are probably going, man, I wish this guy would shut up. We can't get any sleep. He's over here just sawing logs, and we're, we're awake all night. God, can you get him out of here soon? <laughs> Not very convenient being in there. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Was that convenient? Three young, that's why I love our teenagers, three young men who dared not to bow when the music played to the idol of the king, who said, you know what? You can bow down if you want to. <laughs> you can give in to the world's mandate if you want to. We're not going to. Or you're going to be punished by death. So what? If we die, we win. <laughs> Mentality. So when the music struck up, the band started playing, guess who didn't bow down? Three little fellas in the midst of a of a mass of people on their faces they're standing and when they came and escorted these three young men to the furnace they said turn it up how many times higher seven times higher you're going in and you're going to die as a matter of fact the people that put them in they died it was so hot but after they were in there a while someone noticed <laughs> did we not put three guys in there now there's four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Woo! Don't you love it when Jesus shows up and you have a party in the furnace? Yeah, baby, come on in. It's, the weather's great. We got our swimsuits. We might do a little surfing lately. later. It's, it's awesome. Come on. Was it convenient? No. 
Was it a miracle? You tell me. You're doggone right, it was a miracle. Listen, folks, it's not always convenient. The stuff, look at me, the stuff we have to go through is not always convenient. It's not always fun. The challenges we face, the details of how things work out that we wish would be different. But here's the beauty of it. God is working in the midst of all of that. Here's what I want us to take away in this part. Our convenience is not God's top priority. I've heard the American gospel for so long, I'm just so sick of it. God wants me to be happy. No, he don't. God wants us to be holy. Woo, Lordy, help me. Holiness is what he's after. You study the life of the disciples. Mother-in-law went to Narraway yesterday and saw their powerful production of that. And she said, man, at the end, every one of the people playing the 12 disciples came out. And they told how each one of them died a martyr's death except for one because of their faith. You think they were happy? Oh, they were joyful. As Peter said, I I counted an honor to die for my, my Savior, but I can't die in the same manner. When they crucified him, he said, turn me upside down. Listen, folks, our convenience is not God's top priority. Our happiness is not his top priority. You say, well, God wants us miserable. No, because there's a difference between joy and happiness, and the joy of the Lord is our. You've heard that before, huh? When we got joy, that trumps everything because we have Jesus, and he trumps everything. So it's not always convenient. It's not always easy. It's not always going to be a smooth sailing time. But listen to me. The the, the fifth thing I want to share with you, at the right time, God can do anything instantly. Folks, God spoke the universe into existence when? when? Instantly. We try to accomplish things in our way, in our time, in our situation. It's not going anywhere. So many times we get frustrated. We get aggravated like Moses' experiences, wanting to deliver his people his way. But I love what God says in Isaiah 60, verse 22. He says, I am the Lord. So when the time comes, I will make it happen. And then the last word there says, quickly. Man, I love that. For some of you, I felt the Holy Spirit today wanted me to tell you to buckle up because the promise from God is about to happen quickly. You say, Pastor, it's taken a long time. I don't care how long it's taken. Now you might be ready. Now might be the time. And I know for some of you, now is the time. And so quickly, the Lord is going to bring it about in your life and situation. Quickly. Have you discovered like me that Many times the most difficult place to be in life is in God's waiting room. When we're in a hurry and God's not. For all of us impatient people, delays can sure be tough. But I believe that they are there for a reason for sure. Actually, a couple reasons. Number one, to test our faith. To test and to grow our faith. And number two, to grow our character. God is more interested in us becoming what he wants us to be than doing what he wants us to do, I believe. God says in Isaiah 49, verse 8, that at the right time, I will answer your prayers. At the right time. Some of you need to write that down. Listen, folks, God answers every prayer. Did you know that no is an answer? 
If you didn't, go in the toddler class and volunteer. <laughs> you will hear that about a thousand times in an hour. Hey, Johnny, pick up that toy. No! Hey, little Susie, you want to share that doll? No! I think it's the first word they learn. No is an answer. Sometimes it's not the answer we want to hear. Not yet is an answer. You ever, you ever gotten that one? Listen, a delay is not a denial because you have a delay. It causes a lot of negative emotions sometimes. But please understand, a delay creates stress and anger and worry and envy and self-pity and all those things if we're not careful. God has a right time for everything. So as we close today, very quickly, God wants us to do four things while we are in his waiting room. Number one, fear not. Amen? Trust God. Instead of fear dominating our lives, I want faith to dominate my life. I trust God in times that I don't understand. Trusting God causes you to grow in him and develop that character and learn to trust in him even more and more. Did you know there are 365 fear nots in the Bible? One for every day of the year. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. Jesus tells us, don't be afraid, just trust me. Number two, fret not. Be patient. Be humble. I looked up the definition of fret. It means to be constantly or visibly worried and anxious. You know anybody like that? Maybe you're living like that right now. Every time you wait patiently on God, it's a sign of faith and humility. God's word teaches us to wait and trust the Lord. Do not fret when others prosper or their dishonest plans succeed. And don't get angry or upset. It only leads to trouble, Psalm 37 tells us. Way too often we have our eyes on others instead of God or on ourselves instead of God. Don't worry. Worry is worthless. You're wasting that moment. Worry cannot control the past or the future. It messes us up in the right now. Amen? Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Philippians 4, verse 6 tells us. Number three, forget not. Study God's promises to you. The Bible is filled with promises, over 6,000 promises from God to us in his word. It is our owner's manual for life. James chapter 1, verse 25 reminds us of this. If you keep looking closely, how many say, say closely with me? Closely. Say it one more time. Closely. If you keep looking closely into God's perfect word that sets people free, and you keep on studying it, and you don't forget it, and you put it into daily practice, you will be blessed by God in all, say all, all you do. James 1, 25. And lastly today, faint not. Don't give up. I love what Galatians 6, 9 tells us. We must, never, we must never get tired of doing what is right and good, for at the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up or quit. Listen, I'm going to tell you, there's been, there's been a few times in my life when I felt like throwing in the towel and giving up. There's been a handful, not many, but a couple, several. Not giving up on God, not walking away from Him, but just giving up on the ministry, saying, God, is, is it worth it? All the stuff you have to go through, all the challenges, all the trouble, is it worth it? God, I'm, I'm tired of it. And God looks at me and says, don't dare give up. I've had people come to me and say, listen, I sense this. Uh, you're struggling right now. I just want to give you this word of encouragement. God said, hold on. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't look down. Look up. He's working it all out. He's taking care of all of these things. If you will just trust him. 
Would you close your eyes for just a moment with me? And I just want to ask you right now, I just, I just sense this so strong in my heart. Has trust been a, a big issue for you lately? Timing, patience, frustration, has, has, has that been a big issue in your life here lately? If so, I just want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I've been struggling with these things in my life, in my heart. I've been wrestling with God. I've been going back and forth. I, 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 just, I need his peace. I need to learn to fully trust him and his timing, his timing. As a matter of fact, along with raising your hand, would you just, just make your way down here right now? And I just want to pray with you right here on this, this little blue carpet here at the front of our church. I want us to stand together and pray together. Would you, would you make your way down right now? Maybe you're struggling with, with a timing situation in, in your, your, your personal life, in your ministry, in your walk with Christ, whatever it may be. Would you just come down right now and stand with us here, these that are gathering at the front of this church? And I need some of you that just feel led. I, I want to pray with somebody. I want to pray for somebody. I just want you to come now and find a, a, a man, a woman down here and, and just rally around them and begin to join them and pray for them right now. I also want to say this. We've been, we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks now, and I just want to remind you again of it. The Lord is coming soon, Maranatha. Amen? There's one thing I know about the timing of God that I, I just it keeps pounding in my mind and in my heart and my spirit, and that is this. His word tells us today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, but today. The world tells us, put off till tomorrow what you can. But God says, guess what? Take care of your business today with me. Come and seek me while I may be found today. Some of you have been playing games maybe for a long time. Some of you have been wavering in, in doubt and in faith, going back and forth, straddling that fence. Some of you, the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart right now. Some of you have been living in bitterness for far too long. But today is the day of your salvation. And when I say that, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about salvation from that, that spirit of bitterness, that heaviness that Pastor Scott was talking about in his prayer a while ago. Whatever it may be, today is your day to be free, to be saved from that. Maybe it's to be saved from your sins because you haven't taken that step. Whatever the case may be, if you need to come and stand with these and in prayer this morning and surrender and repentance and, and, and pleading to God to help you, to help you grow, to help your character become all that it should be, would you make your way down now and stand with these that are at the front of this church? And while we do business with God, we're going to worship God this morning as, as well. We're going to exalt Him. We're going to lift Him up. And we're going, to, we're going to sing songs to Him again as we close this time out. But right now, if you're down at the front of this church, everybody else across this room, would you stand to your feet? If you need to come down and stand with somebody, pray with somebody, pray for yourself, whatever the case may be, come on down right now. Today is your day. This is your moment, your time with God. Keep in pace with Him. Lord, we honor you today. Would you just lift your hands across this room, across the front of this room? Just lift your hand and, and, and symbol of, of total surrender right now. Both hands to the Lord. I don't care what kind of church background you come from. I'm just saying right now, we surrender. We lift our hands to you, God. We lift our hearts to you right now, Lord. Here's what we pray today, God, that your time would be played out in our lives perfectly. That we, excuse me, we wouldn't get too far ahead. We wouldn't drag behind God, but we would be in step with you every step of our lives. God, help us today. Let those things in our lives that do not belong be removed. Let the bitterness be gone. 
Let us be better. Let us grow in character and faith and forgiveness and wholeness in your salvation, God. Deliver us from the things of this world that try to attach themselves to us and slow us down and cause us to lose step with you, God. Let us shake off those things, as Paul described in his writing, that entangle us so easily, God, so that we can run the race set before us and follow you in step all the days of our lives, God. I pray for healing right now to come to hearts across this room and outside of this, everyone watching us right now. I pray for salvation to come. I pray for wholeness to come. I pray for restoration to come which is now God this is a rhema word and that means a right now right on time word from the Holy Spirit to our spirits today God and we receive that Lord we, we drink it in God we need you more than we need anything else this old world has to offer you are supreme God and I don't care what the naysayers say right now and your truth and your gospel and your king supreme and we lift you up. And your word says when we lift you up, you will draw all men to yourself in your time. This is the time right now. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your miracles, God. Forgive us of the times that we wanted it too quickly, God. Forgive us of the times we've tried to rush things, God. Forgive us of the times we've tried to get ahead of you or we've lagged behind you, God. Forgive us of that and let us walk in your perfect timing, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that today, God. Thank you for doing a new thing in us and through us right now in this holy moment in this place. God, we surrender. We worship. We exalt you. And we love you with all of our hearts and everything that we have this day in this moment. Would you just take a moment and, and, and let him know that from your heart right now? Would you just speak that out? Verbalize that across this room. Not in a whisper either. Let it, let it be heard by your neighbor. God, I honor you. I want your timing in my heart. I want your timing in my life, God. Just let him know what's flowing from your heart. Speak out what you're confessing. Speak out what you're declaring. Speak out what you're proclaiming. Prophesy today over your life and your family's life. Speak to them in Jesus' name that they are coming to know him in salvation. Those who are lost are coming home. Those who are, 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 have walked away, they are walking back. The whole put them back. God, put that hunger and thirst in our lives for you and to speak on your behalf and to call them home today, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.